Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Mustang Manager Podcast. It is officially summertime for everybody, including all Cal Poly students as well. I hope all uh, finals went well for everybody. And uh, kicking off the summer for the podcast, we have the debut of the Cal Poly women's basketball team. I've got Di Staley with me on the podcast. We have a great conversation. We hope you enjoy it. If you want to find more information about our podcast, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter. Just search for Mustang Manager Podcast. Once again, we welcome you to the podcast, and we hope you enjoyed this conversation with Cal Poly point guard, Di Staley. All right, welcome back to the Mustang Manager Podcast. I'm your host, Vance Millie, joined by my guest today from the Cal Poly women's basketball team, Di Staley. Di, welcome to the podcast. Hello. So we're down to about the last week of school. How's uh, studying for finals going? Oh, it's tough. It's real tough. I've been up all night and just trying to finish strong. Now, tell, uh, tell all the listeners, what's your major, Di? Uh, materials engineering. Materials engineering, probably one of the only guests <laughs> we're going to have on the show that's an engineering major, so I, amend, I commend you for that. Uh, Di, is this the first time you've been uh, in a podcast or in an interview like this? Uh, what's your experience with this kind of stuff? Um, no. I mean, after a good, a good senior season... I've had quite a few people come and talk to me and just want to know a little more about our program and how I got here. So, no, this is the first time. Awesome. Well, you did have a heck of a senior season, and you had a heck of a career here at Cal Poly. We'll, we'll dive into it. But first, I want to take it all the way back. Uh, talk about you were born in 1996. Uh, talk about where you're from and sort of your upbringing. Okay. Um, I was born in Tacoma, and then I moved to Seattle with my mom. And my grandma lived there as well. I'm sure everybody knows who my grandma is. But um, yeah, so I lived in Seattle since I was till I was about 11 or 10, and then it was best for me to go move to Arizona with my grandma. She uh, moved there when I was about seven, and um, yeah, but I still go to Seattle all the time. I see my dad, and I have family members that still live there. Uh, my mom actually lives in Tennessee now, so wow. I don't really see her as often. But I always try to get out there once a year and rekindle. But, um, yeah, my grandma really came in, and she was that positive influence in my life. And she really – she's the one who pushed me to basketball because in Seattle I ran track. And um, I really wasn't into basketball that much. Uh, but when I moved to Arizona, it was way too hot. I mean, I was like, Grandma, I want to go back home. Like, this is too hot here sent me back home to my mom and she was just like, no, we can't do that. So we had to figure out something to do with all my energy because if you know me and if you see me play, you know, I have like absurd amount of energy and I had to figure out a way to outlet it. And yeah, I just, I think around seventh grade, she's like, all right, let's try basketball. And so I was like, all right, cool. So I just played YMCA league and it was cool. It was fun. And then she's the YMCA guy's like, you you should probably try to go to, like, club basketball. Like, this is – you shouldn't do this anymore. And, like, we didn't even know what club was. So, um, yeah, we found a club team, and from there just took off. So you go uh, continue your basketball career into Dobson High School in Mesa, Arizona. And uh, what was your mustard? Well, I already kind of gave it away. <laughs> what was your mascot uh, when you were in high school? We were the Dobson Mustangs. But, so um, you go Mustang to Mustang. Oh, uh, yeah. So your senior year uh, really had a springboard-type season. Uh, you win the Division One state championship, and you score 10 of your 13 points of that championship game in the fourth quarter in a 58-49 to victory uh, over Millennium uh, High School at 
from Gila River Arena in Glendale, Arizona. But uh, talk about that state championship game. What you remember about that? And was that sort of the first time you were put under the under the gun in, in a basketball arena? Um, no. So that whole senior season was it was it was a nice one. I mean, we had I think we had twelve or ten seniors on that team, and wow. I was the only one who started out on varsity. And so all those other girls, they worked super hard from their freshman year. They went to JV, they played JV for a couple years and then they came to varsity. And um, yeah, so we, we weren't supposed to win anything at all. I mean, we didn't really have, quote, the top gun people, like the people who were gonna go and play at big division colleges. But um, yeah, I think our very first game of that season, we lost on a buzzer beater. And then wow. the next game we went into overtime and that was that second game I think is where I first had to go like under pressure. I mean, um, my coach, Coach Dumas, I love him. He was like, you're gonna have to stop being so selfless and start shooting the ball more and you're gonna have to start taking layups. Like, yes, that might be a good shot, but sometimes you have to be the one to shoot it. And I really took that to heart and from there, I, I don't know, I just, a switch changed and um, I got that confidence I needed to be able to take those shots and to kind of bring on the pressure of um, big games, close games like that. So, no, but that game was crazy. I mean, the game before in the final four, I uh, tore my MCL. Wow. In my left knee. And so uh, we didn't know if I was gonna be able to play. No kidding. Um, I went to tell the doctor and he was like, no, you tore your ACL, like you're not gonna be able to play. And I was like, okay, well, I'm not telling Dumas I tore my ACL. I'm just gonna tell him like, he doesn't really know what's going on right now. Like, we're just gonna- It's just one game, up. no big deal. Yeah, right? so yeah. like, we just, I just told him like, I was like, oh, the doctor doesn't really know what's going on. Oh. <laughs> um, he just said it's really swollen right now. So <laughs> I don't know. And so we, I know the state championship game came and I was like, there's like, if I, if I can play, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try. Like, there, nothing's gonna, take stop me from playing this game right now so wow. uh, our trainers taped me up and uh i was probably like 50 60 percent it's kind of yeah it was, it was a little rough but um i'm in the beginning of the game i was just i wasn't comfortable i was really tentative i was scared to really like hurt myself more knowing that i did have to come to college and play but it was so important especially with the group of girls that i played with in high school i mean we're all like we're all still best friends we all text each other every single day so, um, yeah, but my teammates, they really, they kept the game close that whole time. I know we were down by nine at halftime and, wow. um, our, our assistant coach, coach Taylor, he's, he's a crazy guy. He used to practice with us, pushes down and stuff, but <laughs> he's, he looked at me, he's like, if you can't play, don't play. Cause you're not, you're not helping the team. You're not, you're not helping the team. You're just hurting us. And so I was like, I was like, okay, like, you know what, whatever, like we're going to forget about the knee. And, um, so the second half, I really turned it on. I stopped thinking about my knee. I actually got it taped some more to make it a little wow. more stable. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that was a that was a very crazy game. And once I seen that first shot go in, it was game on. From it was there. it was good. I was like, all right, we're good now. Yeah. And um, I don't know my teammates just kept feeding me like, you got it, you're good, you're good, keep going, and it really helped me. And yeah, we got the W. It was exciting. My aunt flew from Tennessee to be there. Um, I had all my best friends in the stands. It was a good time. So it was an a MCL or ACL? MCL. MCL. Okay. So 
you win the state championship on a torn MCL. When did you tell everybody afterwards? Like, how long did it take you to go to your coaches? Does, do they even still know to this day that you played on that? Yeah, yeah. So Dumas, he definitely knew something was wrong. I mean, our our trainers were like, yeah, she did something. We just don't know what she did yet. And uh, Dumas, Dumas was like, well, he's like, well, if you can't play, don't play. And I'm like, but he's like, I already know you're going to try to play. So it's fine. But um, no, I think the day after the state championship game, I had a – MRI appointment with uh, my orthopedic surgeon because I've had I had two knee surgeries wow. um, my junior year one at the beginning of my or one at the end of my sophomore year and one at the beginning of my junior year of high school so uh yeah I just have a lot of knee injuries <laughs> wow. but um yeah so I got my MRI got the results back and the doctor's like oh you you tore your MCL grade two almost grade three so you're off for about eight weeks and um yeah, so I, I called Coach Faith after that after that doctor's appointment, and I was like, I brought up, like, I was like, oh, he thought I tore my ACL, but I didn't. Good news, bad news. Yeah, you know, yeah. so I was, trying, I was like, but I just tore my MCL, but it's it's fine. Like, it's no big deal. I'll be good by the time I get there, and she was just, she was like, hey, well, make sure you, like, rest it. Like, don't try and come back if it's, like, too soon. I'm like, I'm like no, it's all right. I'll be good, like, to get going in summer. But, um, yeah, so it wasn't that long before I – told everybody and of course all the um reporters they they like wanted to know what's going on because it's right. like a good story yeah, obviously like like the person tears something but still plays so um our coach coach dumas was getting a lot of emails and calls from people who just wanted to know basically just wanted to be nosy but it's okay <laughs> Listeners, you heard it here first. Di Staley scoring 10 of her 13 points in the fourth quarter of a state championship game on a torn MCL. <laughs> it is no surprise that she came here and was so clutch as a Cal Poly Mustang. Let's talk about that transition to Cal Poly. What was it like being recruited? Uh, who was talking to you? What was on the table? And really, what was that like when you had to call? You already kind of mentioned it, but I mean, you come into your, your first summer as a Division One athlete on a torn MCL. I mean, what was that all like for you? Um... Well, by the time I got here, I was I was basically completely healed. I had my last physical therapy appointment, all that. So um, it wasn't it wasn't that hard. I wasn't really thinking of it. It's really easy for me to just flush stuff that happened in the past. Besides, like when it's still fresh and you got to play on it. But um, yeah, it wasn't that it wasn't that hard. But I actually got noticed by Cal Poly because I were. I was just looking up different conferences. Like I didn't really, I didn't have any offers really going into my senior year or that summer that before my senior year or whatever. Um, so I was really a under the radar player and that was okay. I was, I was ready to do the work and show whoever that I could come in and play. But um, so I looked up, Jimmy was like, go oh, look at the big West and just email them some tape. And so I emailed all the head coaches film on my uh, time at Dobson and Coach Faith was the only one who replied. Wow. And that's – it's really weird for a head coach to yeah. reply to any type of tape. So mm -hmm. he was like, that's big. And she asked if – she asked if I could come to Cal Poly and um, come on, like, an unofficial visit and maybe, like, play open gym. And um, I grew up not we, – we don't have, like, a lot of money. And so it was – I said yes, but we didn't know how I was going to get there yet. Um so that was definitely that was kind of the hard part of like I'm like, hey, well, she wants to see me, but how are we gonna get there? Right. And then my grandma ended up getting a job at American Airlines. Okay. 
and um, which means that we get free flights. Yeah, hey. And so we, we flew here for Phoenix free. To, Phoenix to San Luis. Yeah, we yeah. flew here for free, and um, it's totally like my grandma says it's a God thing. Like yeah. she was meant to get that job so I could come here and get wow. seen. But um, yeah, so we got here. I actually have a friend from my club basketball. She moved to um, Lompoc. And so then we stayed with them yeah. in Lompoc. We didn't have to pay for um, a hotel, which is very nice because there's no way we could have afforded a hotel here in Slow. But, um, yeah, so I came. I I didn't know what to expect. I didn't even know what Coach Wade looked like yet or wow. or anything like that. So I came. I We didn't know where Mott was. They had to come find us. Um, I played open gym. I think that's the best I've ever played. Really? <laughs> yeah, so. Um, Showing it was, up in big-time moments. Was real, it was really nice, yeah. yeah. And, um but the thing is, they had already offered a point guard for the next uh, year. So, um, Coach Ada was like, oh, like you're, I really enjoy you. The girls love you. They told me that you need to come here. And she's like, we, uh, we already gave out a scholarship to a point guard. Um, so, it's, I'm not going to like take that scholarship from her. So, if she says no, then basically we're going to be looking at you. And um, I, I really like, I really like the fact that Coach Faith is true on her word and she didn't like take that scholarship from the girl. She's like, oh, I found something better, so I'm gonna take it. So mm-hmm. that just tells you the type of person she is and the type of program she has. Obviously, I was I was kind of upset because I'm like, I can't walk on here. Right. Like, there's no way I could walk on anywhere. So then we started looking at like JUCOs because it's a little more affordable and it's closer to home, so I wouldn't have to like pay as much. But um, yeah, the the point guard ended up committing to somewhere else wow and so I got a phone call going into the summer going into my the summer going into my senior year and coach Faith's like um, I want to offer you and I was like I don't know why I said this I was like okay I, I need to talk to uh, my grandma and my but you knew but I, I already mean, knew yeah, like I already like, knew I'm I was coming, coming here yeah, I'm coming to St. Louis so like I did that I like went home because I was at I was at the gym with yeah. um my friends and we were like playing around and I went home I told my grandma and I called, like, my club coach, and I called Dumas, and he's like, well, did you tell her, yeah? And I'm like, no, I told her I need to talk to you. But he's like, why'd you do that? You already know what you're going to do. I'm <laughs> like, go, I'm like, yeah. you're right, you're right. So, like, 20 minutes later, I call her back, and I'm like, yeah, like, I'll take scratch if I want to come. And, yeah, that's – so I really just talked to Coach Faith. We – that's where our connection started was in the recruiting process. Wow. That's an awesome story that gets you here to San Louis. <laughs> <laughs> it's just kind of a – that – really, those 12 to 18 months were a pretty crazy time in your life. Uh, so you show up here and you decide not to redshirt. You're going to play as a true freshman. You play in every single game, all 31 of them, as a backup point guard. You average nine a game. Uh, you score a total of 27 points with 25 assists, 22 rebounds, 16 steals for the whole season. You had a career high or a season high, rather seven and four steals against Hawaii. Uh, talk about your first ever Division One game. Who were you playing? Where were you at? If you can even remember, I mean, you've played so much <laughs> basketball here for the Mustangs. But what was that like, and what do you remember about getting to that next level? I think my first game was at the in Corpus Christi at a, a tournament, and I think I played maybe two minutes, maybe three minutes, and um, I got two quick fouls, so that that sat me, and then. Um, Lisa was balling. Lisa Marie, she was just balling that first first half a season. Oh my goodness! Like I was like, yeah, I really don't like. I don't really deserve to play right now because this girl, <laughs> she's she's doing her thing. But um, it was tough. I mean, anybody can come in and tell you that the transition from high school to Division One is it's not easy. And um, 
you're humbled real real fast and um I didn't really come in with a big head so I was I was already coming in ready to work and knowing that I had I had to prove myself so um it was definitely surprising you know not getting that like all the playing time that you're used to so that was that was probably the toughest the toughest part and switching my mindset to for me to okay what do I need to do to get better mm-hmm. and um, it was nice because I had Katie Katie Nunley as my roommate and uh, we were kind of in the same boat and she and she really we really helped each other during that whole freshman process making the jump um, yeah we'd come in at night try and get shots up we go on the weekends and we'd run miles on the track because we didn't want to be. We didn't want to miss any lines for the team because we had some. We had some intense seniors, Beth. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so we were just we were trying to do anything we could to um, just get better, even by one percent. And um, I think going through the freshman process and not being like the best player and having to work hard again. Um, really helped me mature and helped me become the player that I was this past season. Well, not even just this past season. You had a really quick learning curve your sophomore year. Oh, yeah. You just go from playing, you know, just a couple minutes here and there. You start all 26 games as a sophomore. I mean, you get thrown right into the fire, and you respond really well. I mean, you lead the team in assists. Uh, you know, the scoring and the, and the reboundings and the, uh, the steals, they all went up. Uh, there was very visible improvement in all facets of your game. Uh, you even had your career high uh, to that point in a 69 to 67 win over Long Beach State. You got a few memories of Long Beach State. <laughs> Started back at your sophomore year. Talk about the summer between your freshman and sophomore year and making that jump. Not only just, okay, you went from high school to D1, now you're starting games, running the team as a point guard, and starting to become an effective player for the Mustangs. Um. That spring is, is really where it started. Coach Faith brought me to office. She's like, look, you're you're going to have to play big minutes next year, and um, we're going to have to work during spring and summer to make sure that you're ready. And she's like, I know you can do it, so let's just get to work. And um, we did a lot of individuals during that spring and just trying to get my ball handling better. I mean, I was a good ball handler, obviously, because I played point guard in the past, but I needed to elevate that that a little more and so we came in and our individuals we did ball hands all the time I had to work on my uh, layups with her and just being able to use my speed because I am super quick I I mean I ran track and sometimes my speed is a hindrance and I can't like slow down as quick as I want or I get going too fast or I'm going too fast for everybody around me and um, so we really we really worked on like change of speed and trying to be able to use my body I wasn't perfect at it I mean, I definitely had to keep learning and growing as the years went on. But, um, no, it really helped that I had great teammates to play with, too, that, that sophomore year. I mean, um, I had Hannah Gilbert, Amanda, the Twins, obviously, and they they were smart basketball players as well. So it was – they were always, like, kind of in the right spots, and it really helped me out being able to just go, okay, they're supposed to be there, they're there. They're supposed to backdoor. They got the backdoor pass. We got a layup. So, um, yeah. But in the summer, we we were grinding that summer. I mean, we were out there with Tim. I, I mean, the whole being able to run up and down the court that that part's fine with me. But um, yeah, we did a lot of like 
Tim work. We did stabilization work. I had to get stronger. Uh, well, I wanted to get stronger. That way I could, <clears throat> I wanted to like be better at rebounding. I know I'm like the smallest on the court, but <laughs> I like to think I'm the biggest on the court. So I wanted to be able to bang with them down there, down low. And um, yeah, I mean, just coming in extra time with Coach Babe. And I think I started doing um, individuals with the dupe as well. And it really helped me become confident do the stuff that I already knew that I could do. Right. And so it was a transformative year, certainly. One thing that really surprises me, I guess not surprises me, but just really stands out to me about your career here is every year you made such visible steps and, and you took unbelievable amounts of uh, growth throughout your career at Cal Poly because you go from, like we said, the, the senior year, the magical senior year of high school, and then you come in as a freshman, you're not playing a lot, then you start, and then you come into your junior year, seven seniors on the team. <laughs> oh, yeah. You win the Big West Conference Best Hustle Award, uh, an award you would actually go on to win your senior year as well. You lead the Big West in assist-to-turnover ratio during conference play. You average two and a half assists for every turnover, and uh, you were ranked fourth in the conference in steals per game and sixth in assists. I mean, you went from being top of the team to really getting up to the top of the conference so you just keep breaking goals and breaking goals what was that junior year like for you what was the leadership with the seven seniors and how was that dynamic and just tell me all about that year for you um that was a fun year I mean those girls that team I'll always remember that team just because we're we're so close like my senior high school I feel like we had that same connection uh, my junior year and so it was really fun to play, so that probably helped not just me, but everybody like lift their game up because we were having fun out there. Um, the seven seniors aspect was, I wouldn't say it was hard, but like as a point guard, you're you're basically the leader on the team, and Coach Faith does this thing with seniors that she wants them to um, improve their leadership ability. So I tried. I really wanted to help her in that aspect because we did have a lot of like quieter people during that year. And so I kind of let them do the leadership stuff like during practice and, you know, outside of practice, they were the ones that were scheduling stuff and all that. And um, yeah, I just kind of let them take over the leadership role. And then on the court, I, I did the PG leadership stuff and like, you know, call the plays, all that stuff. So um, it was, it was good. It worked. I know my personality, I can I can just take over and just do it or like say it for people. And it was good for me because I got to grow as a person as well and like let other people be able to like answer questions. Like they always say like, like Daddy, you're, you're really basketball smart, but can you like let other people answer questions sometimes? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, but I just want to answer the question and like, let's get going. Yeah, let's just get to get it. Let's get to work. And um, no, but it was really nice because now, I'm, now I do notice like the quieter people and I let, I try to include them in like conversations or give them a chance to to talk and that really started with my junior year but um yeah I, I I think I went into that season wanting to make an impact on the program yeah. I told coach Faith that like at the end of my four years I want to be I want to be known for something like that had to do with basketball like I'm, I'm already known for like being smart like I'm an engineer like and I hope I'm known as a good person and so I just wanted that like at least one thing to be like oh yeah she was like the best like at this or she was the best at defense or whatever and so I really told her that and 
Um, I just have that in my mindset. Every single game, whatever I can do to help that's positive, do it. And um, yeah, it worked out for me and it was a good year. It was a good year. Uh, but it was a year that came to an end and I'm looking at this stat here and this kind of blows my mind. You start your senior year, so through three years at Cal Poly, you've got over 200 points, over 200 assists, 150 rebounds, and over 100 steals. So, you know, most casual basketball fans, they just like to go straight to points. You know, yeah. How much you average a game, how much did you score and all that. But talk about your style of play and how you really have this diversity of success when you get on the basketball court. Um, I love to get my teammates involved. Like, yeah, like if I could give them a good pass and they hit like a three or they get a nice layup, then, then I'm, I'm real excited about that. I mean, that's, that's one of my favorite moments is, is getting all my teammates involved and showing, showing their assets and how they bring so much positivity, positivity to our team. But that really fires me up. But also I love defense. So I would say I'm, I'm a defensive player. I, I don't really, points are cool and all, but like, okay, it's their points, whatever. Um, I like to get the, I like to get steals. I like to take, char I love to take charges. I'll take charges. I'll take a charge mid-court. I don't care. But um, yeah, I, I wish they kept track of how many charges you take in a year or something, because I think, I think I would be number one in that. But um, yeah, I'm really, I just, I try and feed the team and give us energy when we need energy. And I just try to keep everybody involved that way. Nobody feels like they're like not important or not um, helping the team. But um, I also can, I guess I also can turn on my scoring when it needs to be done. And sometimes I, I don't turn it on as enough as like as much as I should. But um, yeah, it's there. I can score, but I really, I really enjoy getting everybody else involved. Like that fires me up and um, yeah. Senior year. Now it's, you know, the, the, the seven seniors are gone and it's kind of your time to, to come on and shine. You have a couple of really uh, great additions. Unfortunately, one's got a red shirt for the full season. One's got a red shirt for half a season. Uh, you, we're talking about Hanna Vesla and uh, Sierra, two high major transfers. Sierra coming from the University of Oregon, Hanna from Michigan State. Uh, how excited were you when you found out that you were getting these two players and, and not only just uh, as additions to your team, but just two more girls to have on your team as friends and, and uh, sort of teammates going into the fire? Well, first, Sierra, uh, we have like the best chemistry. We came in and me and her were already like, I already knew exactly where she was going. I was just throwing her passes and she was catching them and scoring. And so I was really sad. I was like, you know, we have all of this great chemistry and we're not even able to play together. Like that's so sad, but she's going to be a great addition for next year. I mean, I've seen her this spring come out and she can ball and I'm really excited to see what she's going to do here at Cal Poly. I think that she she's going to be one of the top players that Cal Poly's had. And Hana, I was really excited for for Hana to be able to play. I mean, I feel like she was here forever and she like couldn't come in and play and she was working and doing her individuals and she had to practice with us and so she went from being on we call it white squad, the practice squad and um then jumping into like a starting role and yeah. being on the green squad and um I don't know, I just feel like I I could always count on Hana, like 
drive into the key. Giant person's there, jumps out, and I'm like, where's Hana? Where's Hana? I need to find Hana. And I always passed her, and she would, most of the time, she would always make the shot every time I passed it to her. So it was nice. She she gave me some good assists. Um, yeah, but I was really excited for those two. They they really help bring some height and absolutely physicality to, to our team. Yeah. Uh, so a couple games that stand out. Hana's first game with the team, Seattle University. Uh, you guys go up there, a little bit of a home game for you. Oh, yeah. Kinda get to go play uh, where, you know, where you grew up a little bit. Talk about going back up to Seattle kind of one last time. And uh, tell me about that game. How would you guys do? So I had uh, all, like, basically all my family on my dad's side. They were in the stands, my grandma, my dad, my step or my half-brother, my half-sister, his wife. And um, they were all there, so that was really exciting because – a lot of them have never seen me play basketball, and um, I don't know. I just wanted to show them that like I can play and that, uh, like just what I'm doing out here. And then my great grandma on my uh, mom's side was there. My grandma, my grandma comes to every game. She was there, of course. And then my great aunts, my cousins, and I don't know. I, I feel like I had like half the stand just my family. We had a, we had a die section just <laughs> at that place on a road game too. Yeah, so it was. I was really excited to play. I mean, a lot of them never had the opportunity to see me play, obviously, because I didn't go to high school right. in Seattle, and I didn't even play really basketball in Seattle because I ran track, and uh, they only got to see me like through Facebook stuff and my grandma post, and I, I don't know. It was just really. It was like a proud moment for me because I could finally show them in person like what I can do. And um, but that game, that game was really fun. It was like their field trip game, so there was like a whole bunch of little kids in oh, there, yeah. and they were like screaming and like talking trash. And I love that. <laughs> I love it. I was like, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, so the it was a really fast paced game, and Hana came in from the bat, and she she was already producing for us giving us points and we had we did switch up our offense once Hana was able to um, play of course yeah. so um there were some like mushy moments in there where yeah. we were like oh wait that's that's not the play that we do with Hana or whatever so but we got that out of the way and we did end up winning and um I think Han had like 17 points. Yeah, so I something was, like that. I was trying to give her the ball. I was like, ooh, I was like, ooh you got the hot hand. Give me right. some more assists, girl. That's right. But, um, yeah, and then I think I had some points that game, too. <laughs> For sure, absolutely. <laughs> some, good, some good quality points. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I just wanted to get the win. I wanted to be a positive impact on the team. And we did that, and it was fun because I had a bunch of people there. Certainly did that uh, emphatically. Got the win up in Seattle. Get into conference play and uh, home game, Santa Barbara. Uh, I remember being, this is my this is my first year, unfortunately, I only got to see you play for one yeah. year. But this was kind of the first time I got to see uh, sort of your guys' team and especially you take the floor and see your style of play for myself. And you guys go ahead and just punch Santa Barbara right in the mouth and take them out and uh, – I mean, I personally always enjoy seeing Cal Poly beat Santa Barbara in oh, anything. Yeah. Talk about the blue-green rivalry and your four years in it and how sweet it was to win at Mott against the rival uh, your senior year. Um, it really is a rivalry. Like, we really do not, like, really like each other. <laughs> so it was it was, like, it was was good. I mean, the game's always really feisty, and mm -hmm. that's I love playing that way. Like, that's the type of player I am. I like to – 
all clapping your face, all getting your head. I'm like, I'm ready for it. So it was it was right up my alley. I was I was all for it. And it makes it fun. And like it's really competitive. It's fun. Everybody's really into it. And um, yeah, but we came out we came out real hot against them. And I mean, I think that was we had a the best defense I've seen at that point during that game. And I love defense. So of course I was like, I was really excited about that. I was letting them know like keep that defense up. They can't score on us if we have good defense. And um, yeah, I mean, I think that was one of the games where I had to, I had to get myself involved too. And I couldn't just be that distributor that I like to be. So um, yeah, it's always fun when I get to show off like what I can do and um, what my teammates can do. But that was a that was a real fun game, and it's always nice when you when you see Coach Faith over there. And she's in her defensive oh, yeah. stance, oh, and yeah. she's doing it too. And everybody like the bench is into it, and that just makes it fun. And that game, yeah, that game was just really fun. Yeah, I was I was I was hoping you were going to bring that up. <laughs> coach Faith, probably the most charismatic coach. Not, I mean, on the West Coast in the United <laughs> States, I mean, she will literally play defense with you guys. I mean, it is just like the most hilarious thing to watch. Uh, if you ever get the chance to, to come to San Luis Obispo, come check it out. I mean, Coach Faith just brings that kind of energy that just makes it so much more fun. Uh, talk about Coach in-game. Is she, is she that intense, uh, maybe at halftime or pregame or in the huddle? Uh, or is it just kind of a just a quirk of hers? So if you know Coach Faith, you know she's – She's a really like quiet person and she's soft spoken and she's the nicest person you'll ever meet and she cares for everybody, but her in game, oh no. She's she's intense. She's you're doing you're doing what you need to do to help the team and if you mess up then you're gonna need to do something positive on defense to make up for your mistake or whatever you did and it I like it because She's somebody that you can feel like you can talk to, but she's also, you know, down to business. Like, she doesn't let you cut corners or anything like that. And during the games, yeah, no, she's she's very intense. And in halftime, she'll she'll yell at us if we need to get yelled at. She'll tell us an, a story that's inspiring and get us all fired up again. And or sometimes she'll just be like, "What's going on? Like, what do you guys do? Like, do we need to change some stuff?" And um, she she really looks for the input our input about what's going on because I mean we're the ones playing and we right. we might see some something different than what she sees and uh, I feel like I could always like go and talk to her and tell her like like look they're playing this person tight can we let's run this play and she's like yep all right go ahead run it and so um, she really gives us kind of free range on the court as a point guard to be able to if I see something to go ahead and just all right run that and um, yeah, it's really it really helps you like loosen up out there because you're like not so like you don't feel like you're being controlled in every single way. Right, that's big for a player. Oh yeah, that's so nice. To have that kind of freedom. So, got to get to it. <laughs> I mean, before we, I guess before we even get to, it, we're talking about the home game against Long Beach State. It was really kind of your senior moment, and and we'll get to that. But before this game even took place, you went to Long Beach, and you played a game at their place. You guys played a phenomenal game right down to the end, lost by one possession. And so then you come back here to Mott. It's one of your last ever home games. It wasn't the last home game, but it was kind of getting down there to the end for you. Last chance to play in front of the Mott crowd. And uh, 
you put on just an absolute classic performance. Before we even get into that, I mean, what was the attitude of the team like going into that game? Was there an extra focus? Or was there extra energy? You guys extra fired up, ready to play that game? Oh, yeah. I mean, when we played them at Long Beach, we definitely thought that they got a steal in that game. Um, I did foul out with like a minute or so left, which that's my fault. I can't do that. But um yeah, there were some questionable calls down in Long Beach. So uh, we were definitely, we had that, that was in our memory and we were ready to come in and uh, get a win. But one of my best friends from Arizona, we actually played against each other in high school, she she went to Long Beach. Okay. And so that's always a game. She, she graduated uh, my junior year, so she didn't play last year, but... That's always a game where I'm like, okay, we have to win this game because I need bragging rights. And so after that game, she was like, she texted me. She's like, oh, way to foul out. Good job. Like, can't help your team from the bench. And I was like, all right, Cece, I got you. Like, wow, how about that? (laughs) So, uh, yeah, we were, we were real fired up. I I told the team about the text and we were like, all right, let's go. And, um, yeah, we just had a bad taste in our mouth after that, that first Long Beach game at Long Beach. Okay. So we, we set it all up. Game was close the whole way. Uh, both teams played really well. And uh, I remember this was, I mean, the whole men's team, including myself, <laughs> we were sitting right there courtside. And, I mean, I, I got to watch a lot of basketball games this year, men's and women's side. And I think this is top three up there with, with our Bethune-Cookman win. I mean, this, this was a classic game for sure. So we get down to under 20 seconds left. Guys are down by five. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dye Staley doing what Dye Staley does assist to Hanna Vesla on a step back three. Very, just uh, just kind of a crazy play. Just the one <laughs> dribble, just step back, fired up. It goes in, cuts the lead down to two with 19 seconds left. Talk about that play in particular. What were you trying, were you trying to score or were you trying to set up that play? Um, Me, I was trying to set up Hanna. <laughs> so I was like, you know what? Every time I pass Hanna the ball, she usually makes it. So I'm like, let's see what this is. It's actually one of our set plays, so I'm not going to tell you the play. But yeah, so I was. it was either... A layup for me, or a three for Hana, or a three for, I think, G. G was in, too. She's a freaking sniper. Mm-hmm. So I was looking for one of those two, and Hana was the one who was semi-open. I mean, I guess she, she had to hit that step back and give it to her a little too early. But, um, yeah, I was just like, Hana hit that step back, and I I really remember it stayed in my head, like, all right, we're going to win. Yeah, like, that's kind of where it's like. Like, we have a great crowd here. Hanna just hit a step back three. I don't know how we're going to win, but we're going to win. Well, that's certainly the attitude you had to have because Long Beach goes down, gets draws a foul, goes one of two from the free throw line. And just like that, clock's running, 11 seconds, down by three. This is it. Senior year, home crowd. This is your one chance. And uh, you step up front right just at the top of the key, nail a three-pointer, tie the game uh, with about 10 seconds left. And... That was just like an unbelievably clutch shot. Run me through that play. Was that kind of in slow motion for you, or were you just kind of like get there and shoot it? Um, I'm pretty sure I was trying to draw a foul. <laughs> so I was I cut cut my defender off, and I was like kind of slowed up, see if she'd run into me, and she didn't. Run yeah, in. you did. Do, yeah. She didn't run into me, and I was like, I was like, oh crap. Uh, I'm like, what I Please I'm go like, in. Yeah. so I just kind of just shoot like a floater three ish, and it went in. And I was just, I had no clue. I think Coach Smith called a timeout, and I was just like, I don't even know what just happened. Like, that just went in. I, I was like, did we tie? Did we win? Like, I don't even know. I, everybody was going crazy. I mean, the men's team, were they were on the sideline. You guys were just 
Oh, you guys were giving us so much energy we're that going day. crazy, man. That was such a fun you game. You guys were talking so much smack. Yes, and you we were. Hyping us all up. It was, I mean, like I said, I love that stuff. So I was like, I was like, oh, yeah, like, I was like, yeah, keep talking, keep talking. I, I was, I was real into it. But um, <laughs> yeah, we called the timeout. Everybody starts coming. And I'm like, I don't even know. Like, I'm like, what's going on? I look up. I'm like, hey, we're tied. Like, and there's still right. 10 seconds. Yeah, you kind of like, have to refocus. And it's yeah, like, well, all of a sudden, like, we, like, <laughs> we got to get a stop here. And so. Long Beach does get the ball back, and they get up a potential game-winning shot, but uh, sort of the identity of you as a player and the team uh, get the stop. And we go to overtime, and uh, quickly in overtime, Long Beach does jump right back out to a lead. But uh, here you come again. You hit another uh, knockdown three-pointer to go up 60-59 to 59 with a minute 24 left. And then uh, you go ahead and hit about a, a one-dribble pull-up shot to go up 62-59. 34 seconds to go. So this time the tables are kind of flipped and you guys have the lead. Talk about that overtime up to that point and some of those shots you were hitting there. Um, I remember the the shot, the one dribble three-point shot, I think at the top of the key. Um, I work on that in practice. I work on that with Coach Faith. And so it, I didn't even think about it. I didn't think about how much time was left. I didn't think about the scenario. I just was like, I practiced this shot. I mean, it, it felt good. I was open, and so I was like, why not, like, just shoot it. Like, you hit that floater three, like, maybe this one's going. And so uh, it did. It went in. I was excited. And then the the one dribble pull-up, I think it was a side – it was an out-of-bounds play, and Katie was taking it out, and there were there was literally no options. They, Long Beach did a great job guarding us, and, I mean, it was just one of those nights for me. Katie just throws the ball to me. I get it. Take one dribble. I think it was a low shot clock, so I had to just take one dribble – Shoot a pull up, and I mean, if you know my, if you know me, pull up is probably the last thing in my arsenal, yeah. and um, yeah, it went in, and I was just like, <laughs> I just, I just had to laugh to myself like that at that moment. I was like, literally everything I'm throwing up is going in, and I'm like, thank you, thank you, Mop Magic, thank you, Basketball Gods. <laughs> <That's> I, <right. laughs> I appreciate you, and it was, it was nice, it was, it was fun, it was really excited. I mean. Like I said, the men's team, every time I hit a shot, you guys are up standing, like high-fiving each other. And I was just like, I was like, yeah, yeah, I was really excited. <laughs> so it was a really fitting in. So eventually uh, Long Beach misses another shot. Katie not only gets a rebound, gets fouled, makes her free throws. And then you guys get another stop. And then really just icing on the cake. Game's over on ice. And you do get fouled and you get to go to the free throw line. And just pretty much put the finishing touches on what was a career high twenty three points, and sort of your senior moment was that game, kind of the seal of your legacy right there. Um. Yeah. I mean, that game showed that we we played to the very end. We we fought the whole way, persevered, and we were just relentless. And uh, since my since basically my senior year of high school, one of my favorite words is relentless. I mean. It's inscribed on my state championship ring from high school. I used to ride it on my um, wrist during games. I had it on a pair of shoes. And so I, I, I'm really big on just keep pushing, keep pushing, keep applying pressure. And I just, yeah, I mean, that was definitely a relentless moment there. And it was exciting as a player because I was like, finally, like I finally had one of these moments. I was excited and everybody was here. My grandma was in the stands. That's That's really... I just want to make her proud every game. I mean, she sacrificed a lot for me, and so it was nice. It's just awesome. I mean, that's the the, the headline of this is clutch Staley performance list <laughs> Cal Poly to overtime victory over Long Beach State. And it really is the culmination of your whole journey. I mean, from your days of 
playing, picking up the ball in the seventh grader all the way into high school and, and you know, the clutch performance in the high school state championship to, to meeting and exceeding expectations through your time at Cal Poly, you think that really prepared you to have a game like this and, and really uh, kind of have this lasting legacy as a really clutch player in Cal Poly basketball history? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it was nice to have those moments in high school because I got to fall back on and like remember like, look, this is the type of player you are. Like, don't 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 shy away from it. Embrace it. Like, I want to be that person where if we need to stop Coach Face, like, all right, they're they're a four player, but I want you to play defense on them because I want you to get the stop and she'll not get the stopper. All right, I want you to we're gonna do a play for you because I know you're gonna hit the shot and I don't know, it's just it's nice to have those moments. You mentioned the the phrase Mop Magic. Talk about Mop Magic and your your experience with Mop Magic and how real that truly is here at the Mott Athletic Center in San Luis Obispo. Um, yeah, Mop Magic is definitely a real thing. I think it really started picking up. Like we started calling it Mop Magic. I think my junior year, maybe my sophomore year, we had we had a lot of games where like we went into overtime or somebody their performance just like they were just like wow where'd that come from and it led us to a win i mean the men's team you guys have hit some buzzer beaters i mean this past season and the season before i remember vic and don just shooting things i'm like there's no way like that you can only make that in mop because mop magic but um yeah i mean you can see it in both the men's and the women's teams we definitely have those moments where something like took over and we all like to say it was not magic nice uh talk about the mustang nation and the community and the support that you get from fans and, and uh just from everybody on this campus and in this community that just consistently shows love and support to your team and, and how that really inspires not just you but all of your teammates to work hard and, and do the best you can for this community so we definitely have those we have the same people who sit behind our bench all the time and um yeah, I mean, from my freshman year, they always used to tell me, Don, shoot more. You need to shoot more. Like, you need to, you can do better. Like, all this stuff like that. I'm like, I know, I know. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And so, like, each year, I, like, progressively would, like, shoot more or do, like, more stuff that they were asking me to do. And just knowing that they had that confidence in not just me but the team every single game, it, it really made it easy to work hard because you weren't necessarily always doing it for yourself. I mean, you're like, these people have confidence in me and they, they barely know me. They all, they just know me as a basketball player and they, they just wish us like so much positivity and they want us to do so good, not only in basketball, but in school or life. I know uh, we have like uh, an engineering alumni and he'd always come up to me. He's like, Hey, if you need help in like your calc classes or your physics classics, like Sign me up. just come and talk to me. And so they're, they're really more than just basketball fans. They want to help us outside of basketball. And that's very special. And I know myself and the team, we appreciate it so much. And we did have like, we'd have people from our majors come to our games all the time. And um, the men's team, whenever you guys could come to a game, they would come to a game and they'd be loud. And anytime that we could go to that, your guys' game, you know, we'd be out there and acting a fool. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, it's it definitely makes playing more fun, and you kind of you kind of play for the community and not really yourself all the time because I mean they're always here, they're always rooting for us. Right.
so the playing career is done, four years down, and uh, you're going to stick around next year. Uh, you get to be on the staff as a student sort of assistant coach, yep. uh, finishing up that materials engineering degree. Really good. Talk about how hard that is. Seriously, I mean, <laughs> how hard is it to be an engineering student at a polytechnic university like Cal Poly and then not just be a Division One athlete, but be one that shoulders so much responsibility and, and workload such as you have over the last four years? Um, my freshman year was definitely the, the learning year. I mean, it wasn't my best year academically, and that's because, I mean, in high school, I really didn't have to work that hard to right. get the grades that I got. <laughs> and so it didn't really prepare me that well to come into Cal Poly and uh, do what I needed to do. But, um, yeah, I just remember my freshman year, I got my, my first, like, C ever. And I, like, went to Coach Faith's office, and I was, like, crying. I was, like, I got a C. Like, I'm so upset. And she's, like, that's great. Like, good job. And I'm yeah. just, like, I'm, like, what? What is going on? Like, I was like, are you sure? She's like, no, that's good. Like, you, you're going to Cal Poly, you're playing basketball. Like, a C, it's not bad. And so I really had to change my mindset to, yeah. like, we're going to a very competitive school, and it's, it's going to be hard. But, um, yeah, after my freshman year, we got all got the learning curve out of the way. I really learned that I needed to study more, obviously, and – that meant that meant I would I would be up till like one in the morning studying or we'd go on road trips and everybody else wouldn't really have like to study as much or have homework but um, I'd be like doing homework or I'd have like a online quiz I'd have to do or lab that I had to uh, research about and write about because I missed it in the actual like lab course because we were gone on a road trip but yeah it was definitely it's definitely hard but it's doable. Yeah. If you if you put the time in, I mean, there's a lot a lot of nights staying up late, a lot of coffee that's <laughs> drink throughout the day. Um, but I am in a really I'm in a really good major because it's kind of smaller than the rest of the engineering majors, and it's more personal, and they can help more than like other professors and big majors can. So yeah. um, they definitely support. Um, me as a basketball player and then me as an engineer as well. Cool. Just a couple more questions for you. I really want to get your input on these two things. Uh, one being that you get to come back next year and still have uh, a great amount of influence on the program. What are some goals that you have for the team next year and how do you think you're going to uh, impact the team sort of transitioning from this role as a player and a leader to now uh, a student coach that's going to sort of be more of a supplemental thing that's really there to support the team? How are you going to uh, make an impact in that position? Um, well, one, it's going to be hard because as a player, you're used to the, everything being fed into you. And then as a coach, you're going to be feeding into the players. But um, it's not like I feel like as a point guard and the, the player I was that I already kind of did that and supported the team and supported my teammates. And I mean, I would always text them after games or I text the person individual after game and let them know like, I appreciated what they did on the court that day and how they did well. And so I'm going to keep doing that and just keep trying to instill confidence in the team because it, it's easy to lose confidence, especially yeah. that first year or second year where you're not playing a lot. But, um, yeah, but I really I really want to be, I guess you could say, like the defense coach. There you go. <laughs> I mean, I really want to help 
lift everybody's like defensive IQ and just how I like would see things on the court and maybe that could help them like get more steals or get better stops or be in the right spots, take a charge. But um, yeah, and I think I'm, I'm definitely going to work a lot with the point guards. We do have like all new point guards right, yeah. <laughs> that are coming in and just support them and try and um, help them with coach faith and like get their ball handling, do what I had to do my freshman year coming early and just, yeah, I'll just be there whenever they need my help. I'll come in and, rebound for them if they need me to rebound and just anywhere that I can help I want to come in and do that awesome last question uh for all the young girls out there that have a similar upbringing to yours that that really get put in a disadvantaged position and uh maybe have a lot of people that look at them and, and just don't think that they can get to this kind of level what do you have to say to those kind of young girls that look to you as a role model, an example, and an inspiration to get to the Division One basketball level? What did it for you, and, and what sort of advice do you have from your perspective? Um, well, I think having that one positive influence in your life definitely helps. For me, maybe not so much in, in my like younger years, but my junior high years, my grandma was, was my positive influence and um, just finding somebody that you can talk to and that will help you do the right things because I think it, it would have been real easy for me to um, slip into uh, the cycle that I was raised in and brought into and um, my my high school coach loves to, he loves to say like, if you can break the cycle, then you can inspire other people to break the cycle and get out of those situations. And it's not, it's not easy. I mean, definitely, like, if I would have stayed in Seattle, I definitely wouldn't have been an engineer. I wouldn't have went to college. I probably would have been doing stuff I'm not supposed to be doing. And so, um, yeah, just being able to find that positive influence and finding something that you love and just committing to being great at it. Because if, if you find something like that, then you're putting all your energy into into that and you don't have time to do the stuff that you're not supposed to do and um yeah so find that positive influence and then also like if you don't have a lot of money finding ways to to better like that situation or um, finding ways that can like erase that like I mean I grew up and we didn't we didn't have a lot of money like I we were on food stamps and like we had government housing and so when I moved into my grandma, like she, all her kids were gone. Like she didn't have any, like she wasn't ready to raise another kid. But so there was a lot of fundraising going on. I would like wash people's cars or I'd go and pick up their lawn and be super hot because we're in Arizona. And I'm just mm -hmm. like, oh, this is horrible. But I need like money for club for me, for like us to be able to pay for club. And there's definitely programs out, out there, like programs that will help you in the financial aspect and so we found one of those programs and it really helped us um, be able to afford it and just give me the opportunities that I needed to get but it's definitely hard work you're not gonna nothing's gonna be given to you and you just have to be willing to put in the work and go get what you want to get. Di Staley inspirational story <laughs> uh, a lot of uh things that i didn't know i think a lot of things that the casual cal poly basketball fans don't know i uh, really enjoy the insights that you offered for us today and, and really really appreciate your time this is a really stressful time obviously with finals and 
trying to get everything wrapped up. So uh, thank you so much for, for coming on and uh, we're looking forward to seeing you around next year. Yeah, thank you. Go Mustangs. Go Mustangs. That's going to be a wrap for us today on the Mustang Manager Podcast with my host, Di Staley. Thanks for tuning in. Remember that if you want more information about our podcast, just search us on Instagram and Twitter, Mustang Manager Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time on the Mustang Manager Podcast. Peace.